All right, we are about eight weeks out from Iron Man, Panama City, Florida, November 2nd, 2019. It's been quite the journey so far, and we still have a little less than eight weeks left to make as much progress as possible. So that's what this episode is dedicated towards. It's what I have accomplished so far in this training. So, you know, I started end of May, early June, training for this Ironman, having done no triathlons prior to this. And then here we are today, which is September 9th, 2019. And, uh, and volume's increasing dramatically. But it's interesting. It's interesting because two years ago, to this day, is when I stepped off for the 150-mile ruck march. And if you guys have never seen that video that I posted on YouTube, I highly recommend it. I recommend it to anyone. It's one of my favorite that I've ever posted. It was a life-changing experience. I ruck marched 150 miles from Austin, Texas to Houston, Texas to raise money for Hurricane Harvey victims at the time. And when I say it was life-changing, it had a massive impact on, on me as a whole, as a person. But that moment on, like moving forward after that, my mindset shifted a lot in terms of the way I wanted to train, mindset for business, mindset for fitness, and things I wanted to accomplish, like the impact I wanted to leave. So those four days, you know, I did about 35 miles each day. Those four days, it was, it was a turning point in my life, I'd say. And if you haven't seen that video, highly recommend it. I started September 9th, 2017. On September 11th, 2017, I carried a flag on my back, uh, like on my shoulder, and like the support from the Texas community was insane. Like people were honking their 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 horns, uh, truck drivers were yelling out the windows. People were rolling up asking what I was doing, uh, and then we'd start talking. I'd say I was, you know, I just transitioned out of the military. Found out they were in the military. Then we talked about where we were stationed and whatnot and experiences. Um, some people donated to the cause here there on the on the highway, some people rolled up with like Gatorades and water for me. It was an amazing like experience just to see the way a community comes together. And then rolling into Houston on that last day, seeing the devastation, but also the way that community came together and people helping, taking off work to 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 tear houses apart and put them back together and take people in and house them and feed them. It was crazy. So Two years ago today, I was stepping off that ruck, and um, well, that's how, how we're going to kind of lead into this. You know, going from ruck marching 150 miles to now training for an Ironman. But before we get into it, I also want to thank you guys for all the support on the podcast. We just reached over 1,000 reviews, and um, what I'm doing right now is I'm giving away a a free pair of Hoka One One running shoes, which are my favorite running shoes for Ironman prep right now. I recently discovered them and they've changed the way I run. I have no problems on my knees or ankles anymore. By no means is it sponsored. I've never worked with or talked to that company, but I just found their product and I was in love with their shoes and I'm doing a giveaway right now. So if you leave a review on the podcast on iTunes, iTunes only, sorry if you're listening to this on somewhere else, uh, but iTunes only, if you're listening to this podcast, leave a review and I'm going to choose a winner in the next couple of days and screenshot their username and post it up on Instagram 
My Instagram handle is at NickBearFitness, and I'm going to send you a pair of Hoka One Ones, size of your choice, obviously, so you can experience the change and the difference in these shoes. They're, they're quite magical, and I've, I've enjoyed training 100% after transitioning from ASICs. I've been using ASICs for the past, I mean, like 10 or 11 years, and the way I got into ASICs is when I was doing cross-country my senior year of high school, it was like my junior or senior year of high school, my mom took me to a local running store, and they watched me run for a little bit, and they threw me in a pair of ASICs. And then for the last decade plus, I just kept going back and buying, buying a new pair of ASICs. It was just like, hey, this is what they recommended so long ago, and my running form has changed so much that I finally was like, you know, I'm going to change shoes. And uh, it was at the point where, like, you know, ASICs were, were working. It's a great shoe. But I was having knee pain. I was having ankle pain. Like, running wasn't comfortable. The shoe was heavy. Transitioned into Hoka One Ones, which are, like, light as a feather and super cushioned. And with the amount of mileage I'm doing right now for Ironman stuff, game changer. I'll tell you that much. I made a YouTube video on it. I posted about it on Instagram. And I'm in love with them. But here we are, eight weeks, less than eight weeks out from the big day, from the big Panama City day. And I'll tell you, it was last week that I did my half Ironman assessment. It wasn't a race, like I didn't go to an official race, but I tested myself on my own uh, to see you know, where I'm at currently in training. And I ended up doing pretty well. I think I ended up at like a six hour and three minute overall. So I'll kind of break that down. What happened that half, that half Ironman. So if you aren't aware, the half Ironman is a 1.2 mile swim, a 56 mile bike ride and a 13.1 mile run. Okay. So on the swim, it was, I finished in 37 minutes, 20 seconds. And the swim felt great. I'll tell you that much. Like, go back in time a little bit. When I first decided I was going to do an Ironman, jumped in the pool, swam 25 yards, came out gasping for air, like, <gasps> hoping I just could, like, catch a breath and realizing, holy shit, this is going to be tough. Like, this is a massive learning curve. And then fast forward to now, doing 1.2 miles, walking out of the water, breathing like normal. And the thing is, like, I did swimming lessons with a triathlon coach, which helped. Um, and I talked to my coach, Taryn, and that helped, but like what truly helped me was just spending more time in the water. So like I went to, uh, Quarry Lake, which is here in North Austin. It's actually owned by Lifetime Fitness. Still blows my mind. Lifetime Fitness in North Austin bought a lake. Like I can only imagine how much that costs, but it's the most wonderful lake ever because it's, it's a private lake. There's no boats on there. It's super clean. And I, I've been swimming in 89 degree uh, water. It's beautiful. It gets a little warm, but it's beautiful. So I found this lake and I started swimming there. And I would just do, you know, at first I would go from dock to dock, which was like 200 yards, 300 yards. And then I would start doing like halfway around the lake before stopping in a dock, which was like a quarter mile. And then I started going whole way around the lake, which is a half mile. And now I'm just doing laps around the lake and it feels really good. But just spending more time in the water is what helped me get better at swimming. Like when you're, when you're forced to learn how to swim almost, my, my body kind of adapted. Like my feet started kicking. 
my torso started turning, my head started coming up to breathe the right way, um, and I was exhaling when I was head in the water, and I finally learned how to swim. Not the best, and I still have improvements to make in the next eight weeks, I will say that, um, but you know, finished the, the 1.2 mile swim, walking out of the water, feeling like a beast. It's a massive transition from that learning curve. Um, the bike, what did I do the bike in? It was like three hours and four minutes, uh, 56 miles in, no, 58 miles, sorry, 50, no, what is it? 56, yeah, it's 56, sorry. 56 miles in three hours and four minutes, and the bike went pretty smooth. Um, the course that I'm training on is very hilly, which is good because the Panama City, Florida course is fairly flat. The entire, I mean, it's Florida. The entire course there is flat. And when you think Texas, you probably think flat too. But Central Texas is considered the hill country. So like the entire bike ride on the course I've been using, I'm climbing little hills the entire time. But that's when the heat started kicking in for the half Ironman that I did. So by the time I finished the bike, it was, it was well over 100 degrees. And transitioning into the run then, so I had a I had a 15 minute transition time between the swim and the bike, and then I had a 10 minute transition time between the bike and the run. And by the time I finished the bike, I was already overheated, just from like the sun being on my back and whatnot. And I could tell like my body temperature was definitely increased. I transitioned fast. I tried to get some liquids in me really quick, and I started running. And that first four miles, I was wrecked. Um, I was definitely on. I was nearing the edge of heat stroke for sure. Um, I remember like, you know, being in the army, walking during training in Florida and seeing people heat cat and like have heat stroke and their bodies would just collapse and they go into shock kind of. And it was wild. We cut their clothes off and, and try to get some, some cold water on them and let them and cool them off and whatnot, bring their body temperature back down. And I never reached a heat stroke or heat cat level, but I've been close. I've been very, very close. And I will tell you, I know what it feels like to get close. And when I was on that first four miles of the run, I was approaching heat stroke status. Like my run was all over the place for that four, first four miles. I couldn't cool down. I felt like like my body just wanted to like explode or implode from inside. So we, we finally stopped. I pulled over the side of the road and, and the truck where Steph and and Jordan, who was filming, pulled over too. And we kind of just poured water all over the back of my neck. I chugged a bottle of water. I, I tried to just cool off for a little bit. Got my bearings straight. And after that, I was smooth sailing. Like, I finally I was able to bring my core temperature down a little bit from what it felt like. Get into a rhythm and start moving. And I finished the the 13.1 miles at 1 hour 57 minutes. Which is on point for for what I was shooting for. I mean, I would say that that was on par for what I would have completed a year previously during marathon prep, but because my volume for training is so much higher, I expected to do better. But considering the heat and the circumstances, um, ended up finishing with transition time just over six hours, which was a really good assessment for the next eight weeks, give or take, of training and, and where me and Taryn are going to go with volume. Now, I'll kind of get into a little later what's expected for the next eight weeks, which I'm actually really, really excited for. 
but I think it was necessary to, to at least have done that half to see where my body, my capabilities were at, um, regardless of the heat. So some things I want to, I want to at least do before, I mean, multiple times probably, but at least before, uh, we get closer, we start tapering for the full Ironman, um, some, some swims over 2.4 miles, a bike ride that is at least 112 miles. And I need to run some, some runs that are over, you know, upwards of 30 miles. And I'm sure some of my programming, I haven't looked that far ahead into my program that Taryn has put together, but I'm sure I have some of those runs, bikes and swims, the closer we get. And, you know, we, we finished, we finished the event last week and went home, showered up, getting ready for dinner. I was like, I'm going to step on the scale really quick to see what I'm weighing in at. Now, I started this whole prep at like 215, maybe 220 pounds around there. And I still felt pretty lean. Like when I started, I felt pretty lean. Looking back at photos now, I look at, I see my face and my body in like night and day almost compared to where I am now. But I stepped on the scale after that event this past week or last week, 194 pounds. I haven't seen 194 pounds on the scale Man, I honestly, I, I can't even tell you. Probably after Ranger School was the last time I saw it that low. I mean, like two years ago, I did a diet, and I cut down pretty hard. And I think the lowest I might have got, I'll have to double check, but it might have been like 196, 195, 196, if I recall correctly. But I haven't seen 194 in a hot minute. In average right now in the morning, I'm probably weighing in 199, maybe 200. But I expect... You know, before November 2nd, we'll probably be sitting low 190s. Like, I, I expect that. Now, current training, kind of talking, you know, not necessarily moving forward yet, but what the focus has been and what's different now as opposed to what I've ever done previously. Obviously, like, Ironman prep is a beast in its own multiple training sessions, sometimes a day, hours spent training, and to kind of like put the, the cherry on top, it's uh, early September, Texas summer, and heat's beaten down, which is going to feel absolutely amazing for uh, Panama City, Florida. I will tell you that much. It is going to feel like the sweetest day ever, you know, November cooled off a little bit. Perfect. But current training, um, like I said, what's like a little different that I've never really trained for with the intent or purpose. Cause I'm all about having an intent or purpose with your training session. Like you don't necessarily have to program your workouts, but every workout going into it should have some sort of intent and purpose. Now there are a lot of days now on this program that the intent and purpose of a training session is to Practice and be prepared to run on beat down and tired legs, right? So like today, for example, I had a 41-minute intense bike ride in the morning. So I did that around 6.30, 6, 6.30 a.m. in the garage. And uh, I mean, my conditioning on cycling is definitely like light years as opposed to what it was in the beginning of prep. But then... That was like the pur the purpose of that workout was a strict, you know, I did five minutes of just like zone two cycling and then it was 
um, six rounds, each round being three minutes. And, you know, for the first minute, I'd start on a gear. And then for the second minute, I'd drop it down a gear. For the third minute, I'd drop down another gear. And then I'd do that round all over again for six rounds. And then after that was completed, I did another six rounds of two and a half minutes of like zone two cycling and then 30 seconds of intense cycling as hard as possible, dropping down two gears. So three minute rounds. So it was a 41 minute workout, right? That was the intent and purpose. Tonight's run's purpose and intent was just to get some mileage in on my feet, running on what were already tired and fatigued legs because two days ago I had a, a brick workout so I did uh, a few hours on the bike directly into a run. So my legs were fatigued from that a little bit. And then going into you know a bike ride this morning, then the run tonight, the focus was, hey, get used to running on tired legs. And that's what a lot of these workouts have been lately. And that's what I'm, I'm realizing is a lot different in, in this preparation and this program as opposed to anything I've ever done before. You know, like you got to think most people go into the gym and they want to feel as fresh as possible, right? Like, hey, I got an hour to kill this workout. I better be feeling good. And I want to feel as fresh as possible. Well, Ironman prep is a little different. Like I've, I haven't felt fresh for any of these workouts since the beginning, but it's getting used to training on unfresh, like tired and exhausted legs. And when you can do that, you better prepare yourself to have longevity during the event itself. Um, and I, I'm, I'm thriving in that right now. So this past weekend, I had a nine-minute run I had to do. And um, on that nine-minute run, the day prior was a uh, an intense bike. So my legs were already feeling a little heavy. Actually, no, no, sorry. That was not the intense bike the day before. That was two days after the half Ironman. Forgot about that. So two days after the half Ironman event, I had to do a nine-mile run, and I went downtown Austin for it. And it was funny because I was talking to Taryn. We did a podcast together before going to do that run. He was like, how are your legs? I said, they feel great. Like, given the circumstances, they feel really, really good. And he said, did you run on them yet? I said, no, but I have a run tonight. I'm going to run 75 minutes. And he said, just wait. And the first, like, 20 steps I took into that run, I was like, holy shit, I see what he's talking about now. Like, my legs feel like bricks. But I ran those nine minutes or those nine miles, excuse me. And I think I held an eight, man, what did I hold? It was like an 830 minute per mile pace, I believe, for nine miles. And I, I, was, I felt great on it. Like, even though my legs were a little fatigued and tired, uh, my, my conditioning, my cardiovascular system, like my body was moving and I was, I was carrying. So like a lot of these workouts, the intent and purpose is to train on tired legs and get used to that because guess what on event day after a 2.4 mile swim after a 112 mile bike and say you're 15 miles into your marathon well your legs can be pretty fucking heavy and they're gonna be pretty tired so being able to train and push through that is like a necessary requirement that has to be placed in programming so that is uh that's something I've learned to train with and, and use as a tool. And it's been lovely to say the least. Now, I mean, I guess like people have been asking a lot of questions about mindset, like what's been going through my mind. 
um, within within training. And I'll kind of just talk about this morning's ride, like what was going through my head on this morning's bike ride. And like here I am, it's six six thirty a.m. Sun's coming up, beautiful morning in Central Texas. Um, it's still a little cool. Heat isn't kicked in yet, and I'm I'm finishing up like my last six rounds, which was the, um, it was the two and a half minute zone two, and then 30 seconds, drop two gears down, balls of the walls as hard as possible. And like, you can feel like the lactic acid building up in your legs and they just want to like give up and they just want to fall off and you're just driving through and, and the clock feels like it's moving so slow, but you have say 15 seconds left on that clock. And the thing that would not leave my mind the entire workout this morning was, damn, I'm lucky. You know, I am lucky to have this luxury to train. And you know, I, I look at I look at training as it's not something you can really complain about. Like having the ability to train. Like like say, you know, a few months ago. I was on Instagram and I was just scrolling through and I saw someone that was dieting down for a bodybuilding competition. I think it was their first one and it was just constant complaining and how hard it was and how hard their life was from training and how hungry they were. And it was like bitch and moan and bitch and moan. And I'm like, dude, you decided to do this for one. You said, sign me up and you have the luxury to be able to do this. By no means are you able to complain about having the luxury to train right by 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 no means do i have any luxury or ability to ever complain about having having that that ability to train like i i personally love kicking my ass in workouts and i'm sure a lot of you guys know that from watching my stuff and a lot of other people do but to to disrespect the process and the journey that other people are putting themselves through to transform, to change physically and mentally and just bitch and moan and complain about it, man, you don't, you don't deserve the results. You know, I recently made a video actually, and I talked about respecting, um, respecting the process. You know, so many people want to talk about enjoying the process, you know, enjoy the process. Like you'll look back and as much as it sucks now, you should try to enjoy it. Yeah. That's one thing, but respect it, like respect the process. Because what I always say is, like, if you go through a journey, say it's a fitness journey, like we're talking about right now, and the entire time you're bitching and complaining about how hard it is and how, how much you don't want to do it and how you'd rather be doing something else and it, it's not worth the time and it sucks and it's hard. And even through all that complaining, you still reach the, you still get to that end point. Whether it's a day you step on a bodybuilding show or it's a day you, you end up at the, the starting line for your marathon or you reached your goal weight and you've gotten there, but you disrespected the process the entire time. Well, damn, man, you almost don't even get that reward. Like you haven't earned that. Like, yeah, you put in the work, but you disrespected the process the entire time. So yeah, it's one thing to enjoy the process, but but respect it as well. Like that's what I think about when I'm training right now. Like this is more training, more hours, more miles 
than I've than anything else I've ever trained for. Right? Like the military is one thing. That was that was a different type of training. But this is just me and me riding the bike, swimming, and running. And as hard as workouts may be sometimes, I will never take for granted the opportunity to have the luxury to train. Because so many other people don't. So many other people physically can't or financially can't or are in a position where they literally have zero time to do it because maybe they're responsible for taking care of others. And, and you know, say, for example, they are the, the breadwinner of that family and they have to work nonstop and they would love to have the ability to train and work out, but they can't. So those of us that can and have that luxury to disrespect it Man, that's like, that's the ultimate, just like disgrace. So that's what goes to my head. Like, man, this is fucking fun. Like, I am able to do this. I am able and willing to complete this. And it kind of reminds me of like when I did the the 100 mile ruck march um, just a few months ago, like right before signing up for the Ironman. And I said in the beginning, you know, we, we launched that, that video, we did that 100 mile ruck march right during uh, Memorial Day. And it's like, you, you gotta think, some of these things you do, like you take for granted, other people would love to. Like the men and women who have sacrificed their life for our country during a time of war and conflict, they can't work out anymore, they can't train, they can't have that luxury. So to disrespect it, you're disrespecting more than just the journey and process. You're disrespecting a lot of people throughout. That's the way I think about it, right? Maybe you don't. Maybe you think of it another way. But that's what goes through my head during the hours and hours of training. And like for the for the longer workouts, I mean, there, there's there's multiple things going through my head, obviously. And I've said before that I don't want to say I'm addicted to running. But I'm almost addicted to what running does for my creativity, my body. Like that is when I can think the most clear out of any other time I can think of. That's when I can eliminate all distractions in life and I can think about one thing and focus on that one thing when I'm running. I didn't do that like intentionally. I never said, hey, I'm going to run to to think clear and figure th- some things out. I thought it would be the complete opposite, right? But like when I'm running – and it doesn't really happen on the bike or the swim, but like just the run, probably because I'm most comfortable running because I've been doing it the longest, all of the distractions, everything else in the world that's going on just dissipates. And I can think about one thing at a time. And it's done so much for my creativity, for business, for my content, for the things I want to get across, the lessons I want to get across. Running has done that for me. And it's also not just running, but this Ironman prep helped me find my next 100%. Like, where does my 100% lie? And I've talked about this many times before. But, like, that 100% that you set, and when I say 100%, what is it? Like, where is that breaking point for you? Like, my 100% is not your 100%. Everyone's is a little bit different. Like, where does my body just say, no, you're done, and just collapses? Not many people reach that point. You know, few do. I was watching, when I first got into Ironmans, I was watching um, some old Ironman videos. And if you just go on YouTube and search like Ironman 
um, competitors stumbling across the finish line, those people reach their 100%. You know, you'll see people running across the finish line in Ironman, and there is nothing left in their body. Like, I mean, nothing. It is physically collapsing and crumbling feet from the finish line, and they are crawling and crawling to get across. That's badass. That jacks me up. That is 100% effort. You know, like when we used to be running the two-mile time in the Army for our PT tests, um, you know, you'd finish the finish line, and, you know, you'd be huffing and puffing. You'd be pretty exhausted. You'd be winded. And one of the instructors would walk up or, or say, like, an NCO or, or your commander. Say, hey, did you give 100%? And you'd say, yes, sir. And he'd say, well, you're still standing. Obviously not. You're not throwing up. Obviously not. You still walked across. Obviously not. That's not 100%. And, and when I first heard that, it didn't really leave an impact. But now that I, I think about it and over the past couple of months where, you know, I've, I've pushed my body over the past couple of years where I've pushed my body towards 100%, whether that's in business or fitness and training um, or just or building this brand, that makes a lot more sense to me now. You know, I want you to know where my 100% lies. And it's always getting pushed a little bit further. You know, a lot of people say, I'm working at 100%. I'm giving 110%. Bullshit. If you were operating 110%, you'd be on the ground. You can't operate 110%. You only have 100. That's the way I feel. You know, your body might take you to 80, but your mind takes you to 100. And that's what I'm trying to find because so many people think they're operating there. They think they're at 100. Shit, they think they're at 110. But guess what? They're probably operating at 40, 50, 60%. They just don't know where 100 sits. I've reached 100 before. But my 100 now is not my 100 that it used to be. Right? What's going to be after this Ironman? I'm sure I'm going to eventually choose something harder. Because now that I've reached that 100%, well, I'm pushing that 100 a little bit more. Let's see where we can take it. That's a massive thing that's always on my mind during training. And like I encourage you if you know especially in endurance sports, especially in endurance sports, you have to have that mindset going into it. That you have to. And it's similar to to starting a business. It's it's similar to starting a brand. It's similar to a lot of things in life. You can compare training and working out to anything you want to do. That's what I do. And like, that's what we talk about in my book, 25 hours a day. Like, the way you train, if you really want to push yourself, the way you do one thing is the way you do every other thing. I've never seen someone that is lazy in the gym not be lazy in life and business. Never. Like, truly successful people, they will go into the gym, whether they're conditioned or not, and they will kick their own ass. Like they will get a good workout and then they will go home and they will work and they will kick their own ass. They will push themselves and then they will go to their family and they will devote all their time to that family. Like Successful people do everything the same way. They don't take, they don't take shortcuts in one area of their life and then like double down on the other thing. Obviously there's priorities, but the way you do one thing is the way you do any other thing. So that's my mindset. 
that is my mindset in a, in a lot of training routines right now. Now let's talk. Let's get into the nitty gritty a little bit. Let's talk about what these next eight weeks are looking like because there are a lot of changes. Like when I was on the call with Taryn after the half Ironman, um, you know, he was, he was asking, like, how are you feeling? How was training going? I said, I, I want a little bit more. Kind of just joking in the beginning. I was like, you know, I just want, I want a little bit more. Push me a little bit more. He's like, all right, let's go. Um, so the way we set up the schedule in the beginning, like when I first established my training program, is there was already the half Ironman event set up. So the week prior to that was a taper week, moving into execution of the half. And the week after, which is kind of the week I'm in right now, was another taper. Just like, hey, lower volume, recovery from the half before things really ramp back up. And next week, going back into training, things really ramp back up. Like, mileage increases dramatically in preparation for, hey, let's let's finish this thing as hard as possible, as good as possible. Because my goal now, and everyone's asking, like, what is your What's the time you're shooting for? Like, what would you like to accomplish during this half, this full Ironman? In the beginning, I said, I don't know. Like, I can't give you an answer right now because I haven't tested myself. But now that we've done the half and I finished around six hours there, well, I want to do 12 hours or less on the full Ironman. So that's what my training for the next eight weeks is going to focus towards, pushing my body to get conditioned to be in that level of, of, of shape and conditioning of endurance. You know, it's not just like being able to go run fresh and do 10 miles at a 7:30 minute per mile pace. It's not just about going out and and cycling for 2 hours as hard as possible. It is being able to sustain a competitive pace throughout each event and sustain for those 12 hours, 12 hours of straight training. And like I've talked about before, the interesting thing about, about triathlons, and especially Ironmans, is your body's going to hit that breaking point. It's going to hit a point where you have no glycogen left over in your muscles, your liver. There's no more carbohydrates circulating throughout your body. You're dehydrated, and you have reduced amount of electrolytes, if not depleted, in your body. So, like, where is that wall going to hit? You know what's going to happen. It's not going. It's not avoidable, um, especially in, in like my first triathlon and Ironman. Like I'm, I know I'm going to hit that wall. I know I'm going to do it. Where's it going to be? And pushing that wall a little bit further through proper training and following the plan and trusting the process and respecting the process over these next eight weeks is what's going to get me there. So here we go for the next eight weeks. I look forward to, to sharing the process with you guys via Instagram and YouTube. If you're not following the, the journey on YouTube yet, I highly recommend it. There's about 20, I think 21 videos up a part of the series so far. And uh, you can see my transformation from, from the beginning to now. And it's been quite drastic and it's been quite a journey. But you know what? I'm looking forward to kicking my own ass for the next eight weeks. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to going to those dark places and those deep digs in order to come in as conditioned as possible in my, in my best shape possible for this Ironman. Because all this work leading up to the process that I enjoyed and respected 
so far, and I'm going to for the next eight weeks, they all come down to one day. One day. November 2nd, 2019. Thanks for tuning in, guys. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to leave a review on iTunes. It helps us grow and gain more exposure. I'll see you guys in the next episode.